Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Spoiler warning. If you haven't seen uh, Collateral Damage, 2002's Collateral Damage, and you were intending on... Watching it spoiler-free, don't listen to this podcast. If you're okay with a few spoilers for collateral damage or you have watched it, get ready for a wild ride of fun and frivolity. Peace. I hate the word. And welcome to Mission Zach's Leguizamo Rama. This is a podcast where each week, myself and my mate, we chat about John Leguizamo and something he's been in. Uh, sometimes it's a movie, sometimes it's not a movie. This time it is a movie. Good. Um, Good. <laughs> thanks. Good. Uh, I'm your host, Mish Wittrop. Uh, you might know me from having mouth herpes. Uh, and I'm joined as always by my friend Zach Ruane, who you might know from. Um, once having, a, uh, once biting into a Xiaolong bao or the soup dumpling as it's known in some countries and the soup sprayed on my lips and then it burnt so badly that it looked like I had mouth herpes. I think, so I currently have a cold sore. Okay. Right. Um, and I think it's unfortunate because, yep, it's herpes. Mm-hmm. Um, I get maybe one a year, if that. Um, but That's still, quite you, regular. You can't hide from, you can't hide it. People know. Most you, people, like mouth herpes is very, very common, isn't it? Isn't it very like 40% common. of the population? Yeah. Less common now that we know how it's spread. Yeah. Less and less children have it, I heard. I got it in kindy um, from you? sharing a drink with really? someone. Yeah. So I've had it since I was little, little. Um, so, yeah. I didn't know you could get it from sharing a drink. Yeah, yeah. Saliva's. Either that or I was playing Kiss Chasey. Kissies. Kiss Chasey. But a lot of people get it from like an auntie or just like a little kiss as a baby. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I've had it for a long time. Anyway, I've been walking around for the last three days with a cold sore on the corner of my mouth um, and I'm just hyper aware. And you know what? I'm just going to own it. Yep. I have herpes. Um, I read somewhere that herpes is a lot more common than people think. You can have herpes and not realise. Yeah. And it was um, the, like, pharmaceutical industry that created herpes stigma in, like, the 80s. Wouldn't surprise me. Because it's literally just a skin rash. Yeah. Herpes on the genitals is just is yeah. not that different to herpes on the mouth. Yeah, I don't get herpes of the vag, but I have a friend of mine who gets herpes of the vag. And it is like and when she found out she was so upset. Like yeah. she cried and she's like, "Oh my god, like I I got it because I was having I just broke up with my partner and I had a promiscuous fortnight." Evening. And God knows what happened in that fortnight, but now I've got herpes of the vag and I'm fucked. And then she looked into it and she went to the right doctor and they were just like, "Oh, just chill." <laughs> 
<laughs> it's literally a bit of a rash. When you don't have it, you can't spread it. And when you get it, just don't fuck. And it'll go away within three to seven days. Yeah. So it's the same with my mouth herpes. I don't really have it that often. Um, but when I do get them, I just don't make a kissies and I don't give oral sex and I don't spit in people's food and we're good. You're good. So if you've got genital herpes or mouth herpes, don't stress it. Nah. That's why I'm owning it. I'll be the face of mouth herpes. <laughs> I'm trying to brand myself. Yeah, I like, love um, this. As I try and expand my Our brand. My friend Michelle Brazier is like, she's like the dog person. She works with Guide Dogs Victoria. Yep. You can be herpes of the mouth. I'm, I'll, be, I'll be the face of herpes of the mouth. Hi, I'm Michelle Wittrup and I have herpes of the mouth. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Chemist Warehouse. My name's Mish. Do you have herpes of the mouth? It's okay. It's okay. So do I. I've had it since I was four years old. Sometimes I kissed the boys. Uh, and now, as an adult, I can't kiss the boys when I've got a herpes, but you best believe I kiss them when I don't. Hi. I'm Zach Ruane. I don't think I have herpes of the mouth or genitals, but I might, and it might, and I might just think it's a pimple. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Some people get them like around their nose and stuff. Ooh. Yeah, they look painful. I literally get one. It's kind of cute. Usually in the corner of my mouth, goes away after about four days. If you've got genital herpes or mouth herpes, let us know um, <laughs> in the review section. Yeah, please. Of the Apple five podcast. star review, five stars for genital herpes. Yeah, give us five stars if you've got genital herpes, five stars if you've got mouth herpes, or five stars if you don't have herpes because it's a stigmatized uh, rash that isn't that serious. Mm. Um, and you know, if, if and if this if this is reaching out to a young nineteen year old. Mm that has just had some sex and is now worried about a rash down there. It's all right. Go, go, get it checked get, out. Get tested. Because it could be something else. I don't know enough yeah. about STIs to really know. But also just know that most STIs, that's also really easy to get on top of, really easy to handle, and it happens. Just, you know, wear a condom. Do wear a condom. That's important. Um, I, think, I think condoms have sort of gone out of vogue when I talk to young people. I don't talk to young people about condoms. When I worked at the cinema, and I'm talking my own age, I just was in a relationship pretty okay. early on. But, like, I think that, you know, if you're having a one-night stand, even if you're, you know, even if you're getting regularly checked, mm. uh, even if you're on PrEP, yeah. <laughs> remember that PrEP is only for HIV. We mm. use condoms for more than just birth control and HIV. There are yeah. other things that can happen. Don't be an idiot. Mm. Chuck on a rubber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask yourself, is it really worth it? <laughs> anyway, you had a good week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have busy, busy boy. I'm a busy little boy, but I've had a great week. Um, I've been watching movies. Oh, that's good. Um, let me think about what I watched. I am, um, while you're thinking about it as I wait to talk, I'm yeah. just going to talk. Yeah. Um, I watched the first season of Broadchurch again. Fuck, I love the Fuck, first it's season. good. And I, now we've just I started don't like on. I the twist though. I we... don't like the reveal. Really? Okay. Because so, your um, partner said the same thing. Probably because I put that in her head. Yeah, I reckon. Because I thought the twist in the first season of Broadchurch was amazing. We're only two episodes into the second season. I've never seen the second season. Hmm. I watched the first season with my mother. When I got my uh, wisdom teeth taken mm -hmm. out, mm. so a while back now, mm. 
We watched the first season and, my God, what a twist. I thought it was a great twist. What I don't like so far is that with season two it's very much feels like a, well, this show was very successful, we have to create a season two. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels a bit pushed. Kind of like with Prison Break. My favourite thing about Prison Break, and I love the first season of Prison Break. I reckon I've watched it like four times. And the second season is also passable. Like it's good. Mm. It's good. I could, second season's great. But what I think the person who created Prison Break I think was like, oh, fuck, man, this show's gotten really successful. But mm. like they've already broken out of prison mm. and now they're on the run. How long can we keep this show going for? It's like, oh, fuck, we really do need to create a season three, don't we? Yeah, no, we do. We really need to create a season three. We'll just put them back in prison. All right, we'll put them back in prison. Well, they're back in prison by season three. Yeah, so spoiler alert, season one they're in prison. Season two they're out of prison but they're on the run. We're in the break part of the prison break. Yeah. So um, season one, breaking out. Season two, they broke Um, and they're running. And season three, back in prison. Yeah. Season four, on the run. I read somewhere once that season two is – pretty consistently the worst season of most shows. And the reason for that is season one is, I thought it was a great little article. They were saying season one is the execution of the idea. Mm -hmm. And then season two is the experimentation of whether the characters can be extended beyond the core idea. So season Mm -hmm. two is like the... The un like the you know when when uh, when you are repotting a plant and you tease the roots. Yes. Season two is like the teasing of the roots. It's like, okay, can this work once we're outside of the prison break? Mm-hmm. And then usually season twos are quite clunky. And then if if the season two does its job, season three is either terrible or great, and then your show's good for ten seasons. What's a show where you think season two lived up to season one? That's a great question. I've got an answer. Yeah. I think Mighty Boosh season two is better than season one. Oh, that's great. Yeah, comedy comedy tends to – I think comedy, usually mm. season two is better because there are, everyone's a little more yeah. comfortable loosey-goosey. I, I don't think that's true of um, Flight of the Concords. Not that I didn't love season okay. two, but just uh, what I really liked about season one is that they kind of awkwardly shoehorned in songs and yeah. the, 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 the clunkiness of the plot was kind of charming, whereas season two was a bit smoother. Mm. Um, season two that I liked more than season one or season two, uh, I think that the season two problem didn't happen until season three of what was the one – the guy got cancelled, the Kevin Spacey one. House of Cards. House of Cards was a two-season um, commission mm-hmm. and the story played out over two seasons and then the season two problem happened in season three. I, might, I should watch that show. That was one of those shows where I was like, I'm going to watch this show. Yeah, well, then now I watched, it's too late. I watched the, no, you can still access it. You can you? access it, but, but you can't tell people you watched it because it has Kevin Spacey in it. Yeah, that's true. But. But I should watch. You should watch. <laughs> well, you should watch it for Robin Wright. Robin uh, Wright yeah, well, that's, is awesome. And if you, have you ever seen The Princess Bride? Yes. Oh, Robin Wright. Robin Wright and uh, 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 Gump, Forrest Gump. What? She's in Forrest Gump. She's oh, the love she interest is, in Forrest course, Gump. That's yes. where I like I first. thought you meant that um, Yules, what's his first name? But his last name is Yules. He's also in Saw and he's in Princess Bride. Oh, 
Gary Yeah, Gary Yules. 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 Um, he's great in Princess Bride. Yeah, good in Saw too. So is Inigo um, Montoya. Yeah, what's he been in? There's another show that he's been in that my housemate was watching and it was just, I, it looked like shit, but he was in it. I don't know, but he'll always be Inigo Montoya. And then there's the guy from um, Clueless. Paul Rudd? No, the one that's like. Oh, the one who plays the, the teacher. And then yeah. it's like, ah, inconceivable. Inconceivable. Yeah, he's great. That's a, good, then, that's a good podcast guy. Yeah, because he was What's in, he's in, um, uh, not Dinner with, I'm thinking Paul Rudd now, now I'm thinking Dinner with Schmucks or whatever. I have to say Paul Rudd would also be a good podcast person. Yeah, but he's like very, but he's in a lot. He's in more than people realise. He did the, t- the decade of just being a working actor, being yeah. a beautiful actor that people forget. True. Um, Wallace Shawn is, is inconceivable guy. And he's in a movie that I've wanted to watch for years. Like uh, it's it's a real um, – and I had it on movie once. My Dinner with Andre, which I really, really want to watch. Andre the Giant? No, no, it's 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 not with a giant. There's just a – it's <laughs> – <laughs> Well, Andre the Giant is also in. Oh well, Prince no, Pride. Andre the Giant is not in my dinner with Andre. <laughs> although that would be a great <laughs> late eighties SNL skit. Wouldn't that be good? My dinner with Andre the Giant. No, my dinner, my dinner with Andre is just um, him. That guy. What's his name? Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn, and then another guy called Andrew Andre Gregory. Yep. Um, and they they just two character actors play two characters in New York and they go out for dinner and talk philosophy and apparently it's an incredible film. That's great. It's just two characters chatting for an hour and a half and that's the whole that's movie. That's really good. Um, I was thinking as well, Zach. Yeah, you'd love it. I haven't seen it but I, you, it you like amazing. writing. I was thinking as well, just throwing this out, this is something we could probably talk about in the meeting that we're having after we record this podcast, mm-hmm. but when we finish John mm-hmm. Leguizamo, Right? In when like we, four years. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, also take keeping in mind that some of his films are like near impossible to find. We have to find them. Yeah, we've got to find them. But it's near impossible. Anyway, um, I was thinking season two, rather than focusing on one person, yeah, okay. each week we could ask our fan base of, by then, fingers crossed, yeah. ten people yeah. um, to pick between two actors and they pick one and we that's watch good. three movies. Yeah, that's We good. watch three movies of that actor. Like from different decades. You always, you always like go, this is just an observation about you with our concepts. Mm -hmm. You and I, we always pick a concept that is like purposefully a bit laborious. Yes. And then about halfway through, you start pitching the easier version to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We did that with recaps too. You're always like, instead of recaps, what if we just watch the good ones? (laughs) And now you're like, instead of Leguizamarama, what if we just watch the good one? <laughs> you're always pitching, let's no, just watch can, the good one. But we could do Wallace Shawn, but I don't want to watch all of Wallace Shawn's movies, but I want to watch A Dinner with Andre. I could watch Princess Bride yeah, again. Clueless yeah. is a good movie, and apparently he's in Toy Story. Is he? Yeah. Oh, yes, of course he is. He's, um, uh, who would he be? Right, is that the, do- is he T-Rex? Is he the T-Rex? Would that be T-Rex? Yeah, he'd be T-Rex, surely. What do you prefer, Toy Story or Monsters, Inc.? Toy Story. See, I prefer Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. is my favourite animated film. Really? Yeah. My favourite animated film is... Can I guess? Can I guess? I'm trying to think. Uh, like, I'm just thinking Pixar now. I'm trying to think if there's bigger than Pixar. Guess Pixar. What's my favourite Pixar film? Soul. 
Probably close. Yeah. I love Soul, but it's too new to like know for sure. Guess what it was before Soul. Um, is it a sequel? No. Does it have a sequel? Uh, no. Oh fuck! Actually, there's. It's kind of a close tie, and and it's a close tie between two films, but it's Ratatouille. Is it really? Yeah. Ratatouille's so good. The bit with the critic at the end oh. was so mind-blowing for me because that was the first time Pixar had ever really gone there. Yeah. You know, like people think of Pixar as going there now. Like they think of Up, they think of um, Wally, they think of these. But before, like they'd never really gone that, like, beautiful. Yeah. And I think Soul is more than I that. I really, really, really need to watch that. I know I said that last week on the Ben episode, but I really do need to watch Soul. Maybe you I don't should have to watch Soul. No, I want to. I went to watch, I went to watch it mm. the other night, um, but I ended up watching A Time to Kill. <laughs> Which one's A Time to Kill? Sandra um, Bullock, yeah, McConaughey, yeah. and Samuel L. Jackson. I'm having a real Samuel L. Jackson moment at the moment. I'm liking like I watched that Django as well the other day. Do you know what I, wa- do you know what I really <laughs> wanted to watch? Um, after collateral damage, I'll get to it. But I really wanted to watch The Matrix. Oh yeah, I watched that recently within the last year or so. I think I watched it in lockdown, actually. Yeah, that's good because I didn't understand it, and then Mark Bonanno talked me through it, and then I understood it. You need to just not come to conclusions when you watch science fiction. Films. Yeah, I know. You, you need to Sam just not go. I don't get it. You need to just like let it in. Okay. Let it in. You're a smart person, Mish. Hmm, maybe. Do you know what I, I love about The Matrix? And then we'll talk about collateral damage. What I love about The Matrix is The Matrix is a movie. I think I've said this on this podcast before. I've said everything. The Matrix is a movie set in a very distinct futuristic world. Mm. But it's not like a big... It did well, unlike most sci fi set in really distinct worlds... Because that part of it was like a mystery to be solved. Yes. Have I said that on this podcast yes. before? Oh, yeah, because I said it about, what did I say it about? There was another movie we watched with probably John Leguizamo. He was probably in it. <laughs> was it Titan AE? No. Mm. Titan AE could have been. Could have been good, but it was shit. <laughs> that was fine. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> All right, do you want me to do my rundown? Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this movie. Collateral Down. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Let me find the, um, the, the blurb. I watched it last night. I should say, um, Mish was like, what do you want to do tomorrow? And we were talking about different things. And then I said, you choose, Mish. And I said, but please make it something like I, I would choose to watch. I think I did really well. And you did. 
It was right on the money. When, I just wanted when a Zach's, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening kind mm, of thing. And I was like, when Zach said that, I'm like, fuck. Like, we're running. We're not running low. We've obviously, we haven't even hit 50 yet. Yeah. Um, we're nearly going to hit 50. We should do a good one for 50. Mm. But um, we haven't even hit, so we've still got quite a few left. But I'm like, fuck, what can I choose that isn't Casualties of War? Because apparently none of you want us to watch that. Years with Casualties of War. Um, so I was like, what is it that I can choose? And as I was browsing through... There was Schwarzenegger. And I was like, that's a Sunday evening. That's a Sunday at 7.30 at night. Like Channel, while channel you're 9. Your channel 9. You're watching, um, you're watching 60 Minutes mm. and it's like, coming up next on 60 Minutes. Yeah, that's the kind of We talk to Tom Cruise. Then at 8.30, collateral, collateral damage. damage. With Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and then they show a clip from like Terminator or something. <laughs> I actually watched it. In its television debut four years later. (laughs) I ate a vegan spag bowl while I watched MasterChef because I can't watch MasterChef without eating. Mm. Um, And then after MasterChef, collateral damage went on. And and I watched it on my Sunday night. Me and Annie had nachos, had some microwave nachos. Yeah, uh, and watched and watched it. It was great. It was a real like real Sunday night vibes. So nice. All right. Collateral Damage is a 2002 action film that tells the story of Gordon Brucer, Arnold Schwarzenegger, an all-American Los Angeles firefighter with a thick Austrian accent, who witnessed... (laughs) 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 Who witnesses... uh, Witnesses the death... Oh, God. Who witnesses the death of his wife and child in a terrorist incident. After realising that the liberal snowflakes up in DC ain't going to do nothing about it, (laughs) he heads to Colombia himself to kill the terrorists responsible, (laughs) played by a Maori and an Italian respectively. A 90s-style action thriller that opens with a major terrorist incident on American soil was famously unfortunate for having an original release date just two years after The Matrix came out, redefining Hollywood action cinema. It was also set to be released a month after 9-11, which is so orcs, I swear to God. (laughs) John Leguizamo plays Felix Ramirez, the manager of a cocaine distribution facility, He's very sexy in it and is one of at least three great character actors in this film to get, like, two lines and then die. <laughs> That's such a good blog. <laughs> he is also, I think, the only actor in the entire film with Colombian heritage. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when I watch the movie. That they was so <laughs> good. That's, like, my favourite one you've done ever. <laughs> it's the only one I've actually written. It's not just dot points for a while. So, firstly... <laughs> This is the most 90s action thriller to be released outside the 90s yeah. that I have seen. Yeah. I, it's, it's 1999 at the very least. Um, but for all, I don't, like it's almost like it was made then and it makes perfect sense that they stopped the release uh, yeah. before 9-11 because, Jesus, the fact that this came out after 9-11. So I, ma- I was making a joke there because, like, for me, the fact that it came out after The Matrix, the fact that anything... Action. Like this came out after The Matrix is really funny. But you forget that, like, 
eras take time to like settle, like you know, to like. But it, it it's mind blowing to think that people saw the Matrix were like, wow, this is what action cinema can be. Yeah, and then <laughs> cut to a, two years later, just Arnold Schwarzenegger punching a man and then him punching him back yeah. for five minutes. But, yeah, no, this movie was going to come out, like, I think a month after 9-11. And then they delayed it. Yeah. Because, like, fucking, fucking hell. hell. Yeah. <laughs> He's a firefighter. Yeah. It's American soil. Like, there's It's about so- terrorism. It's, like. There's so many things in this film that are, like, oh. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, this, it, it, it went from being, like, a fun piece of trash to yeah very famously like how how do you release this movie because so was that something about this film that was noted was that it came out after 9/11 That's what I've always remembered about it. I remember it was one of the worst affected films by 9/11 because other movies they had to like key out the twin towers, yeah. they had to like you know get rid of action sequences around you know here and there but th- this was a movie about a firefighter. Yeah. Who loses his family in a, a terrorist, terrorist incident. And then on... has to save the day because American politicians aren't doing their jobs good. It's just like, <laughs> and also like there's, I was going to talk about it in the blurb, but there's a moral complexity on who the good guys are, who the bad guys yep. are, which post that, like, I don't think America needed that. They did. Yeah. They did need to have that conversation, but they didn't want to have that conversation. Yes. Just like not good timing for a movie. No. That was not a fun movie 20 years ago. Now. now <laughs> but now I had a lovely time. I had a great time. Um, look, this, I've said it before and I'm by say it again. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day when it comes to films for me, all I want is to be entertained. Mm. I, I don't care about, you know, conventions and bullshit like that. <laughs> and because it's the year 2021, yeah. I can watch this film and just have be, it's just pure entertainment for all the reasons I love a sexy thriller. It's the uh-huh. same the way I love a '90s action film, and this is a fucking '90s action film. And for the sake of this movie, I wish it did come out in 1999. To be completely honest, mm. um, but nah, it's just pure entertainment. Hey, like totally racist and incorrect, and the holes in this story, son. My God, my God. But um, bit of fun. <laughs> I had a great time. I had such a great time watching it. My favourite part of this movie, right? Oh, I've got a favourite part too. This is No, sorry, this is my favourite thing about this movie. It's not a favourite moment. I can't wait to hear your favourite moment. My favourite moment, I do have a favourite moment. Mm. My favourite thing about this film is uh, it's the, I think, the ultimate example. Hollywood loves to make a movie that makes a point, makes a really profound point, around two-thirds into the film and then do a twist that just undoes the point of the film. Yes. Um, I think what the first Wonder Woman is a great example of that. Have you seen the first Wonder Woman? I haven't. Um, can I give it away? Of course, yeah. Spoiler warning. So the first Wonder Woman is <laughs> such a good film. I love it. Um, the whole thing is World War One is happening, right? And World War One is playing out. Wonder Woman is the best example of this twist I'm describing, where um, World War One is playing out, and she's like, she comes from Athens, and she sees the destruction and the horror that humans are, are doing to each other, and she goes, "Oh, the god of war has arisen, and it's my job as Wonder Woman to kill the god of war because he's created this." And she's trying to work out who the god of war is and she's like, it must be this person, it must be that person. 
She fights, fights, fights. And then there's this moment where she realises that there is no God of war, that humans, the humans that she has come to love are capable of this on their own. And it's beautiful. It's like Hmm. really profound. It's really like... um, Beautiful. There's a feminist sort Sounds of Sounds like she had like this. a therapy aha moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's, be- it's really beautiful because it's like, and 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 it's it plays because it's men like wars were men. It, it has a feminist element to it. It's it's really profound. This notion that human beings, men, are capable of doing this. You don't need a god to do this, and it's so beautiful. And they're like, no, there is a god of war. It was this guy all along. Oh, God. <laughs> and then there's like this 20-minute fight scene with the god of war. <laughs> <laughs> and he did he did all of World War One. It was all him. <laughs> and this movie has, like, equally great, like, there's this moment where he goes, <laughs> where Arnold Schwarzenegger goes, to to his to this this uh, new love interest, very nineties style, just replacement love interest, like face off, just a replacement love interest. He goes to her, he's like, she's like, you know why this guy has done this? You know, he lost his son because of American troops, and this is why he became a terrorist. And he's like, this is why he's doing it. And and then and then Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, I don't care about the politics of it all. He took my wife and son, and she was like. He was like you once and you're going to become like this as well. And it like has this profound kind of question in this film of like who are the bad guys here and and it's cycles of violence and it's really very like complex. Like actually the bad guy I think is the American government, not the gorilla. And then it's really like... And then the twist is that it was her all along and she'd be willing to kill her own son. Yeah. It's like, nah, it was the evil Colombians. Yeah, that was the weirdest thing. So there's this woman that's like with a little kid that's obviously like a mirror of his wife and his kid and he decides now that his wife and his kid are dead, that he's got to protect this woman and this kid who were, that he met, by the way, at an open-air market. Mm. Um, Turns out, by chance, this woman is the terrorist who led the attack's wife. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't know that. She assists Arnold Schwarzenegger in so much take to take down her husband to then turn around and be like, aha, no, I'm on my husband's side and you're fucked. This was all the plan. This was the we whole were... plan the whole time. Even though I threw him under the bus multiple times, yep. like multiple times, when they were like they showed security footage of him and was like, is this the person? She's like, yes, that's, that's him. What if they'd got him? And yeah. killed him. No, but that was all part of but the plan. It was plan. all part of the plan because she's on his side. So that and then her plan dies. was like, hopefully, hopefully, what we're going to do is you're going to go and then then they're going to come. They're going to kill everyone but the two of us. They're going to come and then Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to elect to bring me with him. Yeah. And then we're going to go to Washington. I'm going to be a star witness. They're going to go should with we, all. Should we maybe leave our kid um, at home where it's safe? Um, no, because we're evil. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. So, okay, take the kid. <laughs> take the kid. Kill him. Kill the Kill kid. Kill him while you're there. Um, men do, insane. And then she ends up dying because Arnold Schwarzenegger throws her into a big computer and it electrocutes her. Amazing. Incredible. That's how she dies. And then the, the, the leader of the terrorist attack sees that happen and gets very mad and goes, when are you going to kill me? Ha, 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 ha. 
and Arnold Schwarzenegger says, now picks up a random where did that come from? Like an ice pick? They they have hints of there being axes around. Axes are like a theme. Throughout yeah, but what this. an axe? Yeah, it was like an axe. Where did the little axe come from? He just pulls it out yeah. of nowhere, yeah. flings it across the room, and it lands in that guy's heart. Yeah. But it was just a little axe. Um, was that your favourite bit? No. Because that was my favourite bit. The little axe. Where he goes, because earlier he goes, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, oh, when, oh, really, are you now? And then at the end he goes, so when are you going to kill me? And he goes, no. <laughs> and then throws a little axe at him. <laughs> no, no, my favourite bit was so Arnold Schwarzenegger is obviously in America and he decides that I'm going to go and he's distraught. His wife and his child just, he saw them die yeah. via explosion. Mm-hmm. He's distraught. Um, he's in his office. His office is already set up with mind maps mm-hmm. about where he could find this terrorist. Although I don't know how he would have created so many mind maps, but he had a lot. He had a lot. And he decides that the only way he can get revenge is to kill the head of the terrorist attack. So he decides the only way to be able to do that is to go to Colombia. Mm. So in my head, he's like, okay, I'm going to book a plane ticket. He books his plane ticket and he goes over there. And he somehow remembered in all of this, like, I'm going to kill a man and I'm so distraught and upset to pack his little boat hat. <laughs> little Panama hat. His little Panama Because he looked hat. great. It was really. He, and his little a... boat shirt. He's like, better take my little hat. So firstly, he gets on the bus and he's wearing, and they, they run away from men just shooting wildly at this bus mm. of people while he's wearing a teal plaid button up. <laughs> And then in the next scene, he's getting a boat across to where John Leguizamo is with all his cocaine, and he's wearing a a lovely, jaunty little boat shirt and a little hat. He has a beautiful little hat. A little boat hat. And I just think how amazing that while packing for this trip last minute, he remembered to pack his little boat hat. That's a man of a certain generation, you know, like... He's just lost his wife, yet he he probably went down to the shops. He was probably like, you know what, I'm going to need a little Panama yeah. boat hat. And I just, that moment. So, like, let's say from the the time he decided to go to Columbia to when he was actually boarding the plane, probably about 48 hours, if that, because he was keen to go. Yeah. Wouldn't have been like, I'll plan it, and then six weeks later I'll go. He needed to go ASAP. Yeah, so right. even 24 hours maybe. He probably threw down a lot of money to get an international flight mm-hmm. last minute. Yeah, back but, then as well. But he would have had to make sure that he packed everything. He put, put his little toothbrush in its little bag. And, you know, make sure he has your toothpaste, your little hat. Fuck, I don't have a little boat hat. And I am going to be on a little boat in the Colombian jungle at some point. Mm. I better go out and buy myself a little white wicker hat. Here's my big thing with a movie like that, right, is when someone becomes so famous, particularly in that age, like the, the, the not needing to explain, like... Arnold Schwarzenegger is a six foot two bodybuilder with a thick Austrian accent. I don't think I'm being xenophobic to say like there are aspects of that person as an LA firefighter mm. that does need some sort of context. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. was, did they ever say anything about him being ex-military or anything like no, that? I don't think so. Like, why is he like what? Why? When did he move to America? Um, when did he become a firefighter? Why does he have that physique? How? Oh, so much. Like that That story really, the story needs more of like a Bruce Willis. Like, like someone that looks normal and then becomes 
Yeah. Why? Like, it. it's so funny. It's so funny when you remove it from the context of knowing who Arnold Schwarzenegger is. Yeah. If you were to watch this movie and you don't know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is, mm. it it's weird that this six-foot-tall Adonis is a firefighter in L.A. Oh, yeah. Um, do you have a favourite Arnold Schwarzenegger film? Uh, oh. I'll say mine. I haven't seen it in years, but probably Terminator 2. Okay. That's What's good. yours? True Lies. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's a fucking good film. James Cameron knows how to use Arnold Schwarzenegger. And Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, she's great. She's so incredible. I've, I'm also a big Jamie Lee Curtis fan. Yeah, she's awesome. She's incredible. My I, other... Have you seen H two O? Yeah. I love. Oh yeah, Halloween absolutely. H2O. Yeah, absolutely same. I love that film. Yeah, and if you want to watch it, it's on Stan. I did it the other week. <laughs> I I went and watched that. Uh, I had never seen it. The I then... skate through the face disturbed me so much when I was oh. young. I'd never seen it, right? And then I love Halloween and I watched it in LA la, like a couple of years ago at um, uh, Quentin Tarantino's cinema because mm. I'm a wanker and I really wanted to watch like an old movie and I was like, the only thing I was free to watch was Halloween H2O and I was like, ah, oh, it'll do. I would have rathered watched like a pulpy 70s film, you mm. know, like, like Lady a- Snowblade kind yeah. of vibe. I was like, I'll watch Halloween H2O and then... Um, they're, they're, the whole thing at that cinema is they do trailers and ads and short films from the era that the film came out. So they had mm-hmm. like a little uh, Mr. Bean short and then they had the um, they had a the Britney Spears Pepsi commercial yeah, good. and then H2O. And I was watching and I'm like, oh, God, this is so – like this is not Halloween. They've completely changed the tone. Mm-hmm. And then I just like – I just got so pulled in and mm-hmm. like – Jamie Lee Curtis is so good in it. Oh, she's so good in it. And it made me realise that the whole thing now with sequels to like, oh, we make it feel as much like the first one as possible. Mm. I'm like, fuck that. You've got the first one. What you should do is take the characters and the concept and like do what's happening now. Mm. It's like they took Halloween and they did like the scream thing with it. Yeah. Loved it. Very good. The ending. It, it did what Nightmare on Elm Street failed to do. In that? In that it, like Nightmare on Elm Street tried to take itself to a place where it became satirical. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, it was yeah. Like, whereas it ended up just being a bit of a joke. Are you talking about the, the first Nightmare on Elm Street? No. So like as it kept going. Oh, yeah, They yeah, made yeah, like yeah. 40. Am I, yeah. Like am I, maybe I'm wrong in this. No, no, no. I do. feel like it got to a certain point kind of around the third and fourth. Yeah, yeah. Where they tried to make a satire of themselves yeah, really. Yeah. But it ended up just being a bit of a joke. Yeah. Whereas what Scream does perfectly and also I watched, I um, sprained my ankle last week. I watched all four Scream films. Fucking it was such a good love day. Scream. I love Scream. But you're exactly right. I haven't thought of it like that. But H2O does that thing where it kind of becomes a bit of a satire of itself. Yeah. And they do it really well. It just like is like. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Because it's like, I haven't seen the new Halloween yet, which apparently is great. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's not It's not the best movie I've ever seen. But the best thing about the new Halloween is it really does pay homage to the original. But this is what I'm saying, right, yeah. is it's like th- that's what's in vogue now is to pay homage. And it's like. but. I I think that what a, a good sequel should do is take the characters, take the world, 
and then do something new with it. It made me think of aliens and it made me think about our criticism of Ice Age last week. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it it it's like it takes the concept and it's like it's nothing like the first Halloween. Mm. But that doesn't matter because the first Halloween exists. We have the first Halloween. Yeah. You can watch that. You want to watch the first Halloween again? Just watch it again. Yeah. Why make another one like it? You want to like I loved it. I was here yeah. for it and 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 the ending is so fucking good. Yes. Is so fucking good. I need to watch it again. I have to watch it again. The ending is just fucking awesome. <laughs> it's like... We're, we're so... We're nerds. A nerd, a nerd, we're a nerd. nerds. Um, but no, Scream. How good Scream? Oh, Scream is honestly... The original Scream is in probably my top ten movies of all time. Okay, rank them. The Screams? I can rank them like that if you want me to. So can I. Okay, right, go. One, two, four, three. One, four, two, three. Okay. I put four above two. Really? But I haven't watched it since it came out. I loved four. Okay. I wasn't a big fan of three. No, I haven't finished three. Oh, really? Because so you I, don't know who it was. In three? Yeah. All right, I'll watch three. So Do wait, you, but you don't know who the killer was in three? No. See, that's why I really like the Scream movies because firstly, they're so funny. Yeah. Um, secondly, they're scary, mm-hmm. which are the two things I love most in the whole world. Yeah. Um, but also the twist of who's the killer is also, it, it doesn't let you down. It's always good. It- which is why three is probably my least favorite because, um, because of that. I won't give it away because you haven't seen it, but like, like you haven't seen the end, but the third one was my least favorite because they just didn't play it as good as they did. The second one, I was like, excuse me? Mm. Like, I remember the first time I saw the first one as well. It's like, I beg your pardon. Mm. And in the fourth one, I was the same thing. I was like, well, there you go. Mm. Whereas the third one, I was like, oh. The, 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 <laughs> you're actually right because most horror movies, like most slashes don't have a mystery element. Mm. And when they do, it's gone by the f- first film. The yeah. first film on... The killer is then the killer. Like, yeah. like Freddy, like once the twist happens, mm. it doesn't matter. Mm. It's then, but then the idea that it's the, the same killer every film, but you never know who's doing it because it's a role that's taken yeah. on. That's very, that's probably its best thing. I'm so excited for Scream 5. I, can we go together? Yeah. Because we have pussy partners. We have pussy partners. <laughs> No, but seriously, can we go together? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Can I? I I mean, I... Thank God. I have so few people in my life that like scary movies as much as me. I know someone that's in Scream 5. How? Um, Quaid. Jack Quaid. Who's that? He, he was in our show. He was in Auntie Donna's show. The the dog? No. Who? What? He, no, um, no, he's also from The Boys. Jack Quaid was in our... He did a little cameo in the... Um, Football thing. Oh, I love that thing. Yeah. Anyway, he's in Scream 5. Oh, my God. Can he get us to the premiere? He's in LA. Well, I don't no. know him that well. <laughs> I'm so excited for Scream 5. I, 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 I don't know him that well, and, and I'm not, I promise I'm not doing this as a name drop, a little bit as a name drop, but I don't know him that well. He was in our show. He's a fan of Donna. I, I, I know him to talk to. When I found out that he was in Scream 5, and I'm a very awkward person, I, like, messaged him, I DM'd him, and I was like, I need you to know 
the fact that I know someone in a Scream movie is the most exciting thing that's ever happened in my life. <laughs> Did he write back? He was like, oh, thanks, man. Oh, fuck! <laughs> I was hoping you'd be like, oh, thanks, that's so funny, like, working on... Und- that's the response of someone who's not going to invite you to the premiere. It was fuck. amazing. It was like, I was just like... I, like that is so cool. We we did a podcast with him, and 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 I, and we were like, um, no, he was like, how are you? What's going on? I was like, he, we did a podcast with him, and he was like filming it, and I was like, and we were like, who's the killer? He's like, ha. <laughs> oh, <fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you like Saw? Yeah, I like Saw. I like the Saw movies. The first and the second one, very good. Yeah, I I like Saw a lot. I like Saw. I think Saw is very clever. It's less um. Hectic than people realise. We end up talking about scary movies on this podcast. Because we love scary movies. Do you know what's a cute mini episode for us to do? Like a scary movie? No, but that'd be fun. That'd be a good podcast. Yeah. Um, No, uh, we, I reckon it'd be hard, but it's our homework. We have to go away and come back with our top 10 films. Oh, I love that. And then discuss why. They're our favourites. I think That's I made a, a list once on Letterboxd. I have a list in my, my notes of like, and I, I like put them in and out. of. I We're, love that. Though. I just That's love to talk idea. about that with you. Yeah, for sure. That's a great episode if we don't want to watch a John Leguizamo film. Can I tell you a fun fact about Saw? Yes. Darren Bousman, I yeah. believe his name is, who wrote the first draft and directed all of the sequels, he wrote the second Saw. He wrote a film essentially about an evil genius who trapped a group of people in a house and set a series of traps in every room um, as like punishments for their life or whatever. He wrote this spec script that was a really cool little horror thing Mm. and he was shopping it around and it was really promising and then Saw came out, the first Saw, and he was like, oh, that was my idea. And he was really, really sad. This is the story as I understand it. He was really sad. He was like, oh. And then like it kind of interest dried up because it was like he literally had the same idea. Oh, God. But it was set in a house in, across multiple rooms. But it was the same idea of like a an evil genius trapping people in a house and teaching them moral lessons through Oh, and then the traps. sequel. And then the first one did really well and they were like, we need – to make a sequel, we need to make it in a year. Usually a film takes like three years to develop. Mm. Um, but they were like, we need to make the second one quick. Mm. Um, how are we going to do it? And then someone was like, oh, my God, I read a script recently that is the same concept. Mm. What if we talk to this guy? And then they rewrote his film as Saw 2. That's great. Isn't that cool? That's fucking cool. So he'd already written Saw 2 and then they rewrote it and tied it back to the story. Um, This reminds me of a story where um, I'd been developing this story in my head. I'd never written it down because at the time I wasn't a writer and I didn't think I was any good. But um, I had this idea for a story in my head and then one night at uni I got really drunk and I was sat with my friend Blake and I um, was like, I've got this idea for a play. And he was like, oh, tell me about it. We're both fucked. And he was like, tell me about it. I'm like, okay. And I started telling him about it. And I think I probably spoke for about half an hour about the ins and outs of this idea I had. And then afterwards I'm like, and then that's how it ends. And he's like, cool, man. That's the movie Cube. Uh, and I was like, what? And he's like, that's the movie Cube. Was it a series of rooms? Yeah. And that's like cube. you have to have tasks to get out, but if you get the tasks wrong, you die. That's Cube. Um, but at the end, like it ended up being that like no matter what you did, you just were going around in a circle. 
and that's cube. That's also a lot of things. Uh, yeah, I know, but like it was cube's great. Cube is it's a fucking really good idea for a film. The thing I love about Cube is... And then I also, um, just to quickly um, reiterate, I'd seen the movie Cube, but I think I'd forgotten that I'd seen it, thought that I had this original idea, pitched it to my friend, and he shot me down. I had an idea the other day, like the other month, and I was like saying to Annie, uh, my partner, I was like, oh, this idea for a story about like a soldier and he's like all injured and then he gets taken in by a woman Mm. um, and then... um, like he recovers and then it's quite complex. And I think like, God, I mean, if, if, if I ever like, you know, you know, like ideal casting would be like a Nicole Kidman, but you know, that's if I were to make it in 30 years. And he was like, oh, that's that movie we watched last week from Sophia Capella. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Fuck. (laughs) Um, Should we talk very quickly on John Leguizamo in this film? Yeah, I mean, we, we got time. Uh, sort of. <laughs> We're at 46 minutes. We've got plenty of time. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sexy Luigi's back. Man, he's so hot in this. Yeah, he's very hot. Um, something about the hat and the tight T-shirt. Um, but as is many John Leguizamo films, comes in in the first third, dies in the second. Well, see, he's – so this movie, this is sort of what I was going to say, was like I saw in the opening, I'm like, John Turturro, Turturro, Turturro. Totoro. Totoro. Totoro? Totoro. I was like, that's great. John Leguizamo, John Totoro. He's, I love him. Totoro. And then John Totoro is in it for like two scenes and then like, I can't remember, like either dies or he fucks off. And then John Leguizamo's in it and I'm like, oh, he's really going to be a character. He's like the comic, he's really interesting. He's really, but then he gets shot. Yeah. And then Jane Lynch is in it. What? Jane Lynch is in this film. I missed this. When's Jane Lynch in this movie? She's in this movie and she says half a line. Is she an extra? Nearly. I think she had a bigger part that got cut. So, so, yeah, no, she's fully in it. She's, you, so, you know how they come back to Washington? Yes. Him with the terrorist's wife and their child that she's going to kill to prove a point. So the first time (laughs) I noticed is they come in the the room and then to the left of her, one of the agents is played by Jane Lynch. And then that guy who's, oh. Jane Lynch from from Glee Glee and uh, Christopher Guest movies. Yeah. So she's there and then she sits down and then she's out of shot and then the Italian lady is like, oh, the Colombian lady played by the Italian lady is like, yes, that is him. And then, and then like next to her, Jane Lynch is like, okay, I'm going to have you look and then like starts saying something about a book and then they cut away. And then, um, and then that lady uh, uh, kills Jane Lynch by snapping her neck. <gasps> That is Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch has one line and then has her neck snapped. This movie consistently makes you go, oh, and then kills the person. (laughs) (laughs) Like it is a run of, oh, 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 great, great. It's going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger and John Trutero going on an adventure. And then he fucks off. And then it's John, then it's Leguizamo and he's sexiest. Then he's shot in the head. Then it's Jane Lynch and then her neck is snapped in half. That's great. Do you know what one of my favourite convention is of action films, especially 90s action films and obviously 80s as well, is that when they're chasing after the guy they want to kill, showering bullets, showering them, like hoping that I'm assuming they'll hit Mm. usually a man, Mm. hoping they'll hit him. 
And then when they finally get him down, not with a bullet, they don't just shoot him, they chat. Mm. Do you know the amount of times that Arnold Schwarzenegger was running away from bullets mm. and then would find himself in a precarious position where I'm going to get shot, but instead they decide to just point the gun and chat with him for a bit and then obviously the person with the gun chatting then gets killed either by Arnold Schwarzenegger's fists or someone helping out Arnie. But, like, why would you not just, like, keep running, shoot Arnold in the head and keep running? Do you know what I mean? Like showering bullets in the hopes to kill Arnie and then when you actually have him in front of you, you decide for for a bit of bants. Also, Arnie runs a lot in this movie. Yeah. And his is not a body built for running. No, it's like watching a cylinder run. He doesn't (laughs) – I I just am like, I don't think he does a lot of cardio. Yeah. Arnie's all strength. Yeah. And he's running and it's like – they should have done a rewrite where the character stands and fights more because he runs so he much. He does a lot of standing and fighting. But he runs a lot and he's not a running kind of guy. Like Tom Cruise, he runs. Yeah. You know, he runs. Yeah, that guy's shredded. Whereas Arnie, Arnie looks very odd running. His arms don't work. Do you know he'd be good at running? Who? John Leguizamo, Sexy Luigi. Oh, he would have been a great running Really, I reckon star. he would have done a lot of running. Yeah, he would have looked great in that. But not, not Schwarzenegger. Also, we live in an age now where, like, The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, gets everything, like, tailored to his body. So it's really odd to see a man with Arnold Schwarzenegger's physique Mm. wearing, like, off-the-rack clothes. (laughs) That's what I mean about the jaunty boat shirt. It looks so weird on Arnie. Like, I know, like, fashion be fashion, right? Like, I get that, like, loose-fitting clothes was in then, but if you've got his physique, can you not cinch it a little at the waist? Yeah. Can you not tailor it a little? Yeah. Like he has such a good physique. Why are you not tailoring the shirt? Fashion changes, man. Yeah, but but there's that bit at the end where like he's got pants <laughs> I know exactly up what to his, you're talking about. Yeah. He's got pants up to up, like high pants and then like a loose shirt and it it he looks he looks ridiculous. And it's like I get that fashion changes, but surely you need to adapt to the physique. Yeah. Like surely they could have just tailored it a little. I hear what you're saying. It doesn't work for his body. He's got these massive arms and then it, like we see a little bit of peck poking through the soft shirt. When did he become the governor of California? Not long after this. He did this and then he did that clone movie. Yeah. And then he did the California. I was thinking as I was watching it, I was like, he, I really want Arnie to have like a swan song. I want him to have the film equivalent of, um, of, uh, what's his name? Um, Johnny Cash. You know how Johnny Cash had the American albums, like towards the end of his life, someone, saw what he represented, saw what he was good at, Mm. and then, like, made, helped him make some albums that really, like... I don't know a lot of his later stuff, but yes. Who's this? Johnny Johnny Cash. Cash. Oh, but, like, uh, do you know his cover of Hurt? Yeah, of course. That's from that. The Nine Inch Nails song. Yeah, that's from that series of albums. Okay. Right, so uh, Rick Ross. I'm going to get killed by nerds for saying this wrong. Rick Rubin. Anyway, a producer was a big fan of his and then was like, let's do something simple. Let's do stuff about aging, about getting older. Let's tap into what made you special. And and I think like, fuck, I want, an, uh, like, and I know there's been a couple of things. There was that 
movie he did with Abigail Breslin, which I never watched. Like, but I really want an Arnold Schwarzenegger, like a great, great Arnold Schwarzenegger film in his later years. He'll get one. I hope. I think he will. Wouldn't I that think he be will. great? The world, for, the world loves Arnie. They forgive him a lot. The world loves him. But wouldn't that be great? Just like a real, like, um, like a real something about like that. And I know, like, I think that apparently the last Rambo had a bit of this. Just like the idea of that character, that man now, in a world that doesn't fit. like a Terminator come back. Yeah, because he does. They have those themes in the latest Terminator, but it's not good. I want him to have like a good movie. I want like. A good movie that's an action movie. Like True Lies too. Yeah. Like <gasps> him and Jamie Lee Curtis back together again. Yeah. Like like the idea of like him now, like like a like the sorts of characters he was playing in the nineties, where are they now? What are they doing now? What's an old man that's still going to the gym that's still that big? Mm. Like, what's his trauma? What's his... And I, I wouldn't want it to be a sequel, but it's that idea. Like, it's like a... It's a movie like the movies he made, but it's, like, complex and it's about but aging. But him 70 years old. Yeah, it's like an old man. Like, yeah, that's cool. Like, you get one. Someone will make that for Arnie. Like, like, and I know that, yeah, I think S- Stallone has done it for himself, but the idea of, like, this old man and, like... Maybe something like maybe his son is a soldier and mm. he dies, and then this old man has to like avenge his son's death. So he does one last, mm. one last kind of thing, and it's like Arnie style, but he's old. Yeah, that would be fucking sick. That would man. be fucking sick, Zach. That's what I want. Yes, um, he's great. Uh, John Legs is great in it. Mm. It was a bit weird. He has like a full American accent, and then the implication is that he's just visited. Is that was that the implication? Because I thought he was like he's from America. That's what I thought too. But he's very good in it. Yeah, he's literally the only Colombian actor in the film. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Like, not that I like, like it, you can get racist the other way. But I was like, that man is clearly the only, Polynesian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's an Italian woman. <laughs> That is an Italian-American. Now, I don't want to be, like, you can get racist. You can get racist the other way. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny. Yes. There was, there's just moments this is like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, I was watching the movie. Like, but even, like, just bit parts, like one-liners. It's like, just cast someone who's Colombian, you can't. <laughs> but you could only find that Korean woman. <laughs> There was to pretend to, to make her pretend she's Colombian. Just hire a Colombian to say "Welcome to Colombia." <laughs> like it doesn't have to be. Oh. At least uh, there was a moment where, where like I was watching the movie. It was so funny because I was like, "Oh man, man, he that." Because I didn't recognize him. Because I love Once Were Warriors, and that's the guy from Once Were Warriors. I love Once Were Warriors, and I didn't recognize him. And I'm watching the movie, and I'm like. Wow, it's fascinating how Colombian people look a lot like uh, Polynesian people. Um, and then I was like, and then I was I had this whole thing where I was like, race is just, I said this to Annie, I was like, race is such a, like, it's just a colonial concept, you know, and we apply these mm. ideas. And like, I was getting really like in depth about it and I'm watching the movie, I'm watching the movie. And then in the final fight scene, I'm like, that guy's Maori. Yeah. <laughs> that is not a Colombian. Oh God. <laughs> But uh, all of that stuff aside, 
a very entertaining film. I had Sunday a great night. time. I we, had a great we, this time. This was yet another one we rented on YouTube. <laughs> so yeah. you can do the same if you want to. What's your uh, Leguistamos? I, no, low Leguistamos. Low because he's not in it enough. Okay. Uh, I wanted, I wanted any one of Jane Lynch, John Turturro, or John Leguizamo, if any one of them had gone on the adventure with Arnie, mm-hmm. it would have been a better movie. Okay. You know, like the fun guy that's like, what the fuck? I get what you're saying. You know, I wanted one of them to go with him and go, what the fuck? I hear what you're saying, but yeah, he was incredibly good in this film, despite the small amount. Mm. It was sexy Luigi being very, very sexy. sexy. Um, and also towards the end, kind of teetering on um, uh, Leg Was Hollywood. Yes, no, well, I, I was going to say this yeah. is like, this is a str- one of the strongest arguments for Leg Was Hollywood I've ever sure. seen. He looked great in that yeah. t shirt. Like, he, that was, there were people other got, than him. He got funny lines. He also yeah. got a little bit of drama. Yeah. And he got to die, which is fun for him. I'm going to give it three and a half okay. Leguistamos. I know you're saying that you're going to go low, so I wanted to get out real quick and say I'm going to give it three and a half Leguistamos because I thought that it was a really enjoyable Legu- Leguizamo performance. Would I have liked more? Of course. Leguizarians. Like, yeah, Leguizarians. Would I have liked some more of the legs? Sure. Yeah. Always. But I was satisfied. So I'm going to go three and a half Leguistamos. Look, I had a great time. I want, I want to, um, I want them to remake this movie. I think this movie has the makings of a really good remake, like where, where the, um, where the twist of the second act kind of stays through, and mm-hmm. then the bad guy is actually like kind of where he goes to kill the terrorist, and then he realizes that the bad guy is actually the American government. Yeah. And then that's the that's the final fight is him and the corrupt FBI. So him, the man that killed his wife, they have to fight the corrupt FBI guy. Fight the president. Yeah, that would have been fucking sick. <laughs> that would have been sick to see Arnie in a fist fight with the president. But I, I want to see that movie. I want to see a remake of Collateral Damage. Um, look, I'm going to give it – you make a fair point. I was going to give it two. I'm going to give it two and a half Leguistamos. Okay. Because, um, yeah, he, he, he's doing some good stuff. Yeah, but it's just, for for me, what a sh- like the movie would have been better with any of the character actors getting more time. Yeah, of course. I completely agree. I wish I had paid more attention and more respect to Jane Lynch. If she was hardly in it. Yeah, I know, but I wish I'd I clocked it. I hadn't even I didn't even clock it. I was it just out. like, is that Jane Lynch? It was a very funny moment for me where I was just like, I think that's Jane Lynch standing <laughs> behind the Italian lady. <laughs> also, can I just say my favorite I rewound it twice because my my favorite moment in of any movie is is when the uh Italian lady terrorist Colombian terrorist lady, there's a bit where they didn't tell, the director didn't tell her the, like the tone of the scene. I don't blame her. Initially I was like, it's her fault for being bad at acting. I was like, no, I don't think the director told her the tone of the scene. Um, like didn't tell her the intention because I think she was meant to go, oh my God, I think that's him. But what she does is they go, there's this moment, it's like when they're trying to find out who it is, they're going through footage the camera zooms up. It's like, camera zooms up. It's like close up and she goes, oh, my God, I think that's him. 
<laughs> Do you know what else is just reminded me? That it's probably oh a good... Oh, my God, I think that's him. This is a good thing to end on. <laughs> is Arnie speaking Spanish? <laughs> is so funny. Is so funny. Because Arnie, obviously, everyone loves an Arnie accent. But him speaking Spanish with absolutely no attempt for... Of, of, to change his voice is just so funny. Like someone was like, welcome to Colombia," And he goes, gracias. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was the, he said gracias like three times in the movie and attempted no other Spanish. Throughout Can I say one film. more Arnie fact and then yeah. we're done. Yeah. Then we're done. Is apparently the guy who wrote on his first couple of movies, um, his first couple of movies in America would sit down with him because his accent was so heavy and because he um, would sit down with him and rewrite every line to make it work to his accent would go. So like apparently he w- he struggled with certain sounds. So he would rewrite every line to make it like so that Arnie could sell it. He would go, oh. how do you sell this line? And he's like, oh, that's a bit funky. So he would just – so like I think there was never a TH sound or something. And then everyone was like going along and then and then like – Arnie became a big star and went off and then that didn't keep happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's a funny so story. Funny. Just the idea of Arnold Schwarzenegger playing a typical dad is such it's a so weird, funny. like what, this guy is actually a killer? Like there's these yeah. lines and it's like, you're not, you, you, you're, you're not a killer. That's not who you are. You're just a typical American joke. He's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> I have to get vengeance. <laughs> Just go back to your life, Arnie. You've got a lovely apartment. Right? A lovely apartment. This isn't who you are. Just jump this on somebody. Yeah, this is Go back, go work for the, go talk to your boss down at the fire station. You might be able to get some admin work for a while while things are a bit rough. You can jump on some dating apps. Do you no, I have to go and find the man who killed my wife. I would have loved if there was a couple of seeds where he'd like pull in into the bone like gracias and then like, and then he's like. Then he was like, I'm, I've got to go into the gorilla zone. But beforehand, is there a gym in this village? And do they do like <laughs> oh, one, one to gym montage? <laughs> oh, this movie would have been made a five star film if there was a gym montage. <laughs> it's just this idea of this man, I'm going to go and kill them. But like, surely he's just like, is there a gym at the hotel? <laughs> I'd love to see a character like him traveling, like doing that story. But she's like, is there a gym at the hotel? So hey, good. Mish, thank you so much for joining me on Missions X Leguizamarama. Do you have anything to promote? Uh, thank you so much for having me, Zach. No, I don't have no. anything to promote. Uh, if they want to follow I know that you're a part of <laughs> Missions X Leguizamarama. Yeah, so I have a, I, okay, yeah, no, I do. I have a podcast. It's called Missions X Leguizamarama. Yeah, My friend Zach and I get together um, each week. Uh, and we discussed John Leguizamo. Who? Haha, <laughs> random. Um, oh, he's um he's a comedian named Zachary Thomas Ruane. I know, I meant the actor. I know oh, who Zachary is. John Leguizamo. Oh, sorry, John Leguizamo. Um, have you seen Moulin Rouge? Yeah, I love Moulin Rouge. He's Toulouse Lautrec. Oh, wow. Yeah, have you ever seen Ice Age? Yeah. He's the voice of Sid the Sloth. Oh, my God, he's been in so much more than I would have thought. I know, right? Oh, that's a great idea for a podcast. Thank Let you. me know if you ever want me to come on it. Oh, we'd love to have you on. I love Chef. Oh, amazing. We'll have you on for Chef then. That's actually my um, co-host's favourite, John. Oh, great. That's yeah. Zach. Yeah? Yeah, Zach. I got beef with him. Oh, no. <laughs> Mish, thank you. Thank you, Zach. And to our listeners, good night. 
Gracias. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.